Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Fantasy Sports Today, live from the FanDuel Sportsbook over at the Meadowlands and on SportsGrid. You can watch us on Zumo, Pluto, Stir, and YouTube. I am Frank Stanfield, joined by Craig Mish, who is currently at Cardinals Spring Training. And Craig, I hope everything's going much better for you than it is for me today. I had to run to try and catch my bus. I wound up pulling my calf. It was the first thing that I told producer Danny Okers when I walked into the sports book today. He says, that's the oldest thing I've ever heard you say. Well, yeah, I'm getting up there in age, Craig. I'm, I'm coming after you. I hope your day is going much better. I hope you haven't had any transportation issues, Craig. What's going on, man? Good morning. And yeah, the uh, I'm very sad to hear that the sports grid uh, hot air balloon didn't take you to where you needed to get today, Frank. That would have alleviated all the problems. Are you on the 10-day injured list? Are you, uh, you going to be out like Severino for the year? What's the story? Yeah, probably somewhere in between. You know, it's it's not going to be a minimal stay on the injured list, but I'm probably not going to miss the rest of the season. So we're looking at something in between, maybe a four to six week period. I'm going to have to be diagnosed by uh, someone from Inside Injuries to find out what's going on with this calf here because I'm limping around. I was running for the bus. I was sweating. I missed the bus, and then I had to wait a whole nother hour for the bus to come. So it's been an awesome day. I did not catch the hot air balloon over to the FanDuel Sportsbook. But on today's show, we're going to have a starting pitcher preview from a fantasy base baseball perspective and Craig's going to be with me from 11 to 11:30 here and then taking over for him we'll have Matt Modica of the Athletic on Skype nobody better that I could think of to help break down the starting pitcher position than Matt Modica he does a fantastic job with the Athletic with his starting pitcher breakdown he has two articles over there basically breaking down his top 60 or 70 starting pitchers so we'll try and pick his brain about some of the top 10 starting pitchers what he's doing with the position this year what his strategy is as well we'll also have the Welsh in the second hour to help us break down some starting pitcher prospects for the 2020 season. But before all that, we'll have a news update from Dan Strafford. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Well, Frank, as you talk about starting pitching, Justin Verlander has been scratched from his scheduled Grapefruit League start on Thursday due to groin discomfort. Astros manager Dusty Baker hinted that this is a precautionary measure, but obviously something to track as spring training rolls on. Another starting pitcher who may have been in some top 25s, Luis Severino is scheduled to undergo Tommy John surgery this Thursday to address a torn UCL in his right elbow. It was announced on Tuesday afternoon that Severino would be requiring the season-ending reconstructive elbow procedure. 
The 26-year-old right-hander stands to miss all of 2020 and potentially some of 2021 as well. Julio Terran has been scratched from his scheduled Cactus League start today due to left hamstring tightness. He did get an MRI. It came back negative. And the Angels are calling this move precautionary as well. In the NFL, the NFL, we await on the NFLPA, all 2,000 or so members. We are steps closer to labor peace for another decade. Player representatives did vote to send a new deal already approved by the owners that includes a 17-game season to the full union membership. Washington Post Mark Mask reports teams are, quote, strongly against keeping pass interference reviewable for the 2020 season. Per Mask, 21 teams voted against the measure on the competition committee's offseason survey. In the NBA, Damian Lillard will travel with the team on their upcoming three-game road trip, and he's hopeful to return to the court at some point during the trip. He's been dealing with right groin issues. In the National Basketball Association tonight, a battle of basement dwellers. The Knicks visit the Hornets. Frank Nilakina out for New York. New York actually minus two favorite in that one. 76ers at the Cavaliers. Nets are in Washington to take on the Wizards. T-Wolves and Heat. Magic are at the Hawks. Grizzlies, Rockets. The Mavs take on the Spurs. Clippers and Suns. The best game of the night may be in Utah. Celtics at Jazz. Utah minus four and a half. I'm Dan Straffer, this has been your Sports Grid News Update. As Bavona would like to say, thank you, Mr. Strafford. We appreciate the news update as always. And you heard there at the top, Craig, we're, we're dealing – oh, Mr. Dan. Bavona likes to go with the first name, so we'll go with Mr. Dan, not Mr. Strafford. Thank you, Mr. Dan, for that news read. Uh, a great one as always. Miss, you heard at the top of the update there that uh, Justin Verlander has been scratched from his Grapefruit League start on Thursday due to groin discomfort, which is very fitting because we're talking starting pitching today here on the show, uh, breaking down the starting pitcher position for this upcoming season. Most people have Justin Verlander ranked inside their top five at the position, but I guess at some point this is why you have to worry about age with starting pitchers because they're going to break down a little bit more the older that they get. And we've seen that with Max Scherzer last year dealing with the back and neck injuries. Clayton Kershaw the past couple of seasons dealing with back injuries. And now Justin Verlander dealing with this groin injury. Uh, Craig, what is your instant analysis here on the injury to Justin Verlander? Are you overreacting? Are you moving him up, up or down the rankings? Or are you just kind of letting this play out and seeing what happens? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, you, if you're doing a slow draft now, I think clearly you have to you know, have that wait and see approach, but, you know, certainly anytime this happens to a pitcher in spring training, it's, it's definitely a negative because of the time that it takes for these pitchers to prepare for opening day. And so uh, in the next 24 or 48 hours, my guess is we'll have a better indication what the shutdown time is on him. And if it's only, you know, a few days, then that could still put him on track to pitch. I would guess for, uh, for opening day for Houston, but if not, then you could be looking at some minor league starts and things of that nature. And they're always very cautious as they should be with starting pitchers. So certainly you got to push them down a little bit, but you know, that's the second pitcher really in the top 10 in the last 24 hours that we've had injuries with or injury issues with. And so uh, I tend to not overreact with these situations, but knowing how they deal with them in spring training leads me to believe that we'll have to keep a close eye on this over the next uh, day or two. And this is why Craig Mish doesn't like drafting this early. 
per, uh, you know, doing these slow drafts early on in the fantasy baseball offseason because there's so many injuries already, Craig. I mean, we lost Mike Clevenger, who, you know, maybe we'll get back in May. And Severino, the injury came out yesterday. Now Verlander and, you know, constantly things are coming out. Even late, uh, lower down the list, like Cole Hamels has already been banged up. He's not going to be ready for opening day. Uh, but obviously the big news yesterday, Craig, was Luis Severino. He's going to have Tommy John surgery on Thursday. You heard Dan Stratford mention that in the news update as well. Just a huge blow for Yankees fans. Fans, baseball fans, fantasy baseball fans, because again, Craig, this takes away another you know potential top fifteen starting pitcher. It's going to push other pitchers up the board, and you know for people who are following along with the Tout Wars draft and hold, or per- participating in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, or maybe you're doing some NFBC drafts, you have already noticed that starting pitching is already moving up the board. We don't need injuries for it to continue to climb. I mean, as we get closer to these main events in March and we go live in the month of March, starting pitching almost always gets pushed up the board, and now it's going to happen even further with Luis Severino going down. Uh, and it also you know, hurts some of the hitter values because those guys are going to move up the board here as well, Craig. We knew that he was dealing with, obviously, the forearm elbow injury, but now it's confirmed that he's going to have Tommy John and will likely miss, he's going to miss, the entire 2020 season here with the New York Yankees. Uh, but I guess that raises the question, right? Like Jordan Montgomery is basically a lock for this rotation, Craig, and we've said that all along, and he's someone that we've been t- touting. I mentioned earlier in the week that his velocity has been up in spring training. I'm excited about what we've seen from him thus far, and he has shown us some upside in the past. 2017 had a really nice season with the Yankees. That is Jordan Montgomery, but you know the rest of the names here, they're going to have to fill in the fifth starter spot now. Again, there's no James Paxson for the first couple of months of the season. Craig, which direction do you see the Yankees going in, whether it's uh, one of their prospects in a Debbie Garcia or a Michael King or even a Clark Schmidt? Jonathan Luizaga has been in the mix there but has been better utilized as a reliever. Maybe they go with an opener strategy with a, uh, a Chad Green to a Jonathan Luizaga. Nick Tropiano's a veteran in camp. Chad Bettis is a veteran in, in camp there with the Yankees as well. So, Craig, where do you see the Yankees going with this fifth starter uh, job here uh, throughout spring training? Are you interested in any of these guys? Do you think they go out and make a trade? I floated the name Ross Stripling out there. A couple of people have been in my mentions talking about John Gray as well. So, Craig, where do you think the Yankees go with this SP5 in their rotation with the injury to Luis Severino? It depends on the general manager and the president that's talking. In this particular case, Brian Cashman is usually pretty transparent with things. And um, and my guess is is that they'll try and piece it together in April and May until Paxton comes back and and I think go for it from there. They could also use Chad Green potentially as an opener. They've done that in the past as well. I think all the names you mentioned are interesting, and maybe they kind of make it into an April competition where between Schmidt and Loizaga and King, maybe one of them emerges and gets more starts. But I would think that that would be the way to go. It's interesting. Um, you know, King was in the Marlins organization. They traded him for. Uh, Caleb Smith and Garrett Cooper, if I'm not mistaken, and he had some injury issues. So that would be the one name I'd be most interested in because I know that he had some pretty good seasoning and pedigree here in Miami. Craig, also, I don't know if you saw this yesterday. You probably tried to block it out of your uh, line of sight when it comes to fantasy baseball, but we mentioned on the show yesterday Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gausman were on the mound. They look pretty damn good, Craig. What do you have to say for yourself? I would say it's, it's the first game. Frank, don't get too crazy. 
I think that's a fair response. Uh, a lot of people are excited about Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gausman as potential sleepers this upcoming season. Uh, we'll see what the Yankees wind up doing. I think what you said makes a lot of sense. They could wind up going with an opener strategy uh, and transitioning into one of those prospects as well as a bulk reliever there throughout the course of April and May until James Paxton is ready to return. All right, when we come back, we'll do three up, three at three down like we do every single day here on Fantasy Sports Today. It's Craig Mish and Frank Stanfield. Don't go anywhere here live on the Sports Grid TV Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today here on a Wednesday, February 26th. Happy hump day to everybody out there. Three up, three down like we do every single day. Yesterday, we had Craig Mish lead off. And you know what? I'm feeling generous, Craig, so I will allow you to lead off back-to-back -back days. I like the performance that I saw yesterday. I'm going to give you another opportunity to continue leading off here on Fantasy Sports Today with 3-Up, three 3-Down. Three Craig, what do you have your three trending up topics? All right, so we'll get started with uh, the game that I'm going to be watching today between the Cardinals and Marlins. Why? Well, there's two reasons. The first and most important is because... Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is going to be playing first base for the first time this spring for St. Louis. Of course, he had been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue, so he's going to get a chance to start today. Um, you know, I spoke to him before the game, and we'll have that interview tomorrow on the show, but I think that uh, if healthy, I think he's looking for a big rebound. It doesn't seem to be all that worried about the finish that he had the last year, so that's definitely trending up. Uh, also, uh, Freddie Peralta getting the contract extension with the Milwaukee Brewers was really good to see the Brewers reinvesting in their system and a kid that they, uh, you know, brought up through their system and him getting that three-year deal I thought was uh, a really good move for them as well. And then finally, from Alabama's perspective, we have Tua Tagalova, who appears to be healthy and ready to go in the combine. And most uh, accounts say that he's probably going to still be one of the top five picks in the draft. We'll see where he ends up going. He also said he appreciated Frank. The fact that there are a lot of Miami Dolphins fans who really want him, and I guess the question will become, will be there will there be some other team between now and the middle of April to decide that they want to jump ahead of Miami, trade with Detroit, and take that pick and take Tua? It'll be a very interesting dynamic going into the NFL draft. I think that's probably the most interesting story. So that's what's trending up for me today. Thanks as always, Craig. And yeah, we'll have some awesome interviews that Craig performed with the St. Louis Cardinals coming for you later on in the week. Again, Craig is out at Cardinal Spring Training right now. He's going to the Cardinals and Marlins game uh, later on today, coming up in just about two hours, if I'm not mistaken here, Craig. Uh, and yeah, the, the story on two is going to be really interesting to see. I, I've 
I've read a few mock drafts already and, you know, peeped some stuff that had a few teams trading up ahead of the Miami Dolphins in order to take Tua. Let's not forget, I mean, heading into this college football season, Tua was regarded as the number one prospect, the number one quarterback prospect in the draft. And then obviously what Joe Burrow did this last season was phenomenal. And it's hard to argue with him going with the first overall pick. Uh, it'll be interesting to see clearly how healthy Tua is. How does he look throwing? Because um, obviously he suffered a huge injury last year. We'll see who winds up with Tua in the NFL draft coming up in the next couple of months. All right. Training up for me, Craig. I also have the, the Freddie Peralta extension here. I like what I saw out of him yesterday. I know friend of the program, friend of yours, Bernie Pleskoff was at that game and he was tweeting about Freddie Peralta and Justice Sheffield. So I have both of those names trending up here, Craig. Freddie Peralta has been working on a slider, uh, which I like to hear because personally he's someone who has relied way too much on his fastball the first couple of seasons in the league, throwing it about 75 to 80% of the time, mixing in a curveball there. But if he does have two breaking pitches with a curveball and a slider, Freddie Peralta yesterday, two shutout innings with two strikeouts, someone that I'm interested in late in drafts. And, and Justice Sheffield, let's not forget the name, a former top pitching prospect for the Yankees organization. He's traded over to the Seattle Mariners in the James Paxton trade. Yesterday, two shutout, two perfect innings rather, three strikeouts. Uh, the swing and miss stuff has always been there for Justice Sheffield. Gets a lot of ground balls as well, 52%. The one problem with him has been control. He walks a lot of batters. So uh, Justice Sheffield, I still think there's talent. There's obviously some pedigree there. Let's see if he can continue to build off that throughout spring. I think he's going to have a locked-in rotation spot here with the Seattle Mariners heading into 2020. My second trending up topic here, Craig. Miguel Andujar is making his first start in left field today. Let's see how he does out there in the outfield. I know that you had Andujar as one of your busts at the third base position. You're worried about playing time, but it seems that the Yankees are committed to finding ways to get Andujar into the lineup by any means necessary. Designated hitter. He's going to get some reps at first base. He'll play some third base here and there. They're trying him out in the left field. We know the kid can hit. We saw it back in 2018. 297 batting average. 855 OPS. 27 home runs. 47 doubles. The hit tool has always been there, and it seemed like the power was starting to come that first rookie season for Andujar back in 2017. He already has a home run in the spring uh, he's looking like he's in really good shape. So Andohar, someone I'm paying attention to today. Let's see how he does in left field. And Craig, I sent you the picture before the show because I needed you to have a visual of this. And I know we have a graphic downstairs. Uh, downstairs, I'm talking like I'm at Studio 34. Over in the pit, we have a graphic of the KFC Donut Chicken Sandwich. If we could throw that up on the screen right now, guys. Uh, the KFC Donut Chicken Sandwich is live, Craig. Everyone is talking about the Popeye's Chicken Sandwich, the Chick-fil-A Chicken Sandwich. Now we have the KFC Donut Chicken Sandwich. For some people, this might be a trending down topic. For me... This is trending up. I understand it might look gross to some people. I've got to try this. I love sweet and savory snacks together. You got the K, uh, the fried chicken there on the donut, Craig. That is something that I will be purchasing here in the next few days. I've got to try it. Craig, are you looking to try the KFC donut chicken sandwich? And then after that, what do you have trending down here on a Wednesday? Yeah, we'll make it an experiment. Maybe we'll both try it and we'll both eat it. Donuts and chicken, they go hand in hand. I think you mentioned this once before. So the fact that we've mentioned it twice, I think we have to eat it before the third time we talk about it here on the show. All right, so uh, trending down for me, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, yesterday I mentioned this because they canceled um, some different races. Uh, now the coronavirus has basically excluded one of the pitchers in the Boston Red Sox camp, one of their Taiwanese players. They've decided to quarantine 
And uh, this is getting you know scarier and scarier to see this because you know now it's affecting baseball, and you know, hopefully this doesn't come to the United States. But uh, that's got to be trending down for me, and I'll start there. Uh, secondly, the news broke I think this morning or late last night, and had a chance to see Maria Sharapova play tennis for a long period of time. They used to have a tournament in South Florida for about 25 years, where she was the top player in the world for many years. At 32 years old, she's decided to retire, and of course. This is what happens in uh, in women's tennis a lot, Frank. They retire at very early ages, but certainly she accomplished a lot over the course of her career. And you never want to see somebody retire and quit. But uh, there's you know kids, of course, playing age at tennis, 16, 17, 18 years old. I think Sharapova uh, is going to go down as one of the best women ever to do it for sure. And then finally trending down for me, Frank, you know, uh, living in Florida, we always expect this really good weather and we expect things to uh, be nice and warm, but um, starting tomorrow and into the weekend, I'm going to be headed up to, of course, St. Petersburg to be drafting in the expert uh, draft, the League of Alternative Baseball Reality on Sunday, and they're expecting the weather to be in the uh, low 40s, high 30s in Florida. So, um, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm prepared, Frank, you being in New York and me being here, I'm hoping you can send some uh, send some sweaters down or something like that. I do have some sweaters. I've got some hoodies. I got some extra jackets. I can certainly send you. So you know, make sure you you double sock before you put those flip flops on. You know, you got to put the shorts away for a little bit. Watch out for those frozen iguanas as well here, Craig, because I know that that's a huge problem going out there in Florida right now. Uh, I actually have to call an audible on one of my trending down topics here, Craig, because I just got notified uh, by one of our producers, Brian, that uh, R.J. Barrett, the Knicks rookie, just revealed that he is actually a righty. He does everything right-handed except shoot a basketball. So I don't know if you've caught any Knicks games this year, but R.J. Barrett shoots left-handed, but apparently he's a righty, and he does everything else right-handed. So why are you shooting left-handed? Apparently he grew up feeling ambidextrous, and you know it's something that he feels comfortable doing, but you know maybe he doesn't, because look at the numbers. I mean, the guy's shooting 39% from the field this year and 31% from three-point range. So R.J. Barrett has flashed a little bit, but he's got to figure out this lefty-righty situation. Uh, that's certainly trending down for me right now. Let's let's figure that out, R.J. Barrett. Uh, secondly, J.D. Davis yesterday, Craig, hurt his shoulder diving for a ball at third base. We had Tim Healy on the program a couple of weeks ago, and he was worried about you know if J.D. Davis was going to get everyday playing time. J.D. Davis, a very popular sleeper amongst the fantasy community for fantasy baseball this season because the stat cast numbers are phenomenal. He absolutely mashes the ball. You have some power. You have some batting average there with J.D. Davis, uh, but we have to make sure that he's healthy first and foremost. Again, yesterday, wound up hurting his shoulder. Last but not least here, Craig, I feel like nobody's talking about this, but Tommy Pham is not playing, and he was supposed to play today, and he got scratched again. He's dealing with a sprained UCL dating back to last season. He has side soreness. He's had issues with his vision in the past. Uh, Tommy Pham trending down right now. He was going in that fifth-round range, and I'm seeing him slip a little bit in drafts. I think this is something we have to pay attention to. He has been injury-prone already in his career, and now he isn't even playing in spring. He's dealing with a sprained UCL. So those are my trending down topics here, Craig. Uh, I'm going to let you go because I know you have to get back to spring training there, Cardinals and Marlins, but I appreciate you stopping in. I know that you're going to stop in later on in the show around 1230 as well, so I do appreciate that, Craig. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, enjoy everything that you got going out there with spring training, and uh, we look forward to you joining us later on in the show again, Craig. All right, thanks, Frank. Yeah, Kim is pitching today for the first time for the Cardinals, so I'll have a report on that as well tomorrow, and we'll uh, check back in in about an hour. 
All right, appreciate it. As always, Craig Miss will join us about an hour again from now. But coming up next on the show, we will have Matt Modica of The Athletic joining us to talk about the starting pitcher position. I'll have my top 10 rankings for everyone to see. I'll reveal those to you guys. We'll dispute a little bit. I'll see what Matt Modica thinks about my ranks and what he might do differently. How is he attacking the starting pitcher position this upcoming season? He plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues. He's a very respected player. I competed against Matt Modica myself last year in the main event, so I obviously respect everything that he has to say. Uh, and He does a really great job of you know, finding those mid to late round gems at the starting pitcher position. I remember, you know, the past couple of years he was here with us on Sports Grid, and you know he called a bunch of really uh, interesting names breaking out. I remember a couple of years ago, James Paxton. He was all over James Paxton when he broke out uh, last year. He was all over the sheriff, Chris Paddock. Tip of the hat to Matt Modica there as well. Uh, so we'll see who he likes, who that middle-round gem is from Matt Modica this upcoming season for fantasy baseball purposes again. I am Frank Stanfield. This is Fantasy Sports Today. We are live at the FanDuel Sportsbook over at the Meadowlands on SportsGrid. Watch us live on Zumo, Pluto, Stir. You can interact with us on the YouTube chat as well. Matt Modica joining us next here on the show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV network. I am Frank Stanford, Craig Mish out on assignment at the Marlins versus Cardinals spring training game today. But we're breaking down starting pitching, right? And there's no better person that I can think of to help me break down this position than Matt Modica, my good buddy. Follow him on Twitter, at CTM Baseball, Matt Modica of The Athletic. And Matt, it just so happens we're having you on the show the same day that the sheriff, Chris Paddock, is making his spring training debut. How about that? Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's an interesting coincidence there. And I, I'm going to be watching closely because that curveball that – he's talking about really becoming a solid pitch means everything for his development going forward. And if true, then maybe it's game over. That's exactly what I said last time I had you on here as well, Matt. You know, he has the mid-90s fastball already. He has the wicked changeup. He calls it a Vulcan changeup. I feel like you should, you know, he should be rising up your draft boards just on based on the name. A Vulcan changeup, that is awesome. If he has a third pitch that is just adequate, a solid curveball, and he's talking about it like it's a, quote, top-shelf curveball right now. Uh, let's see what happens because if he has that third pitch that he can mix in, I really think that Paddock can take that next step this upcoming season in the 2020 Fantasy Base 
baseball season. All right, so like we like to do every day here on the show when we're breaking down a specific position, we're going to give you our top 10. And, guys, if we could throw that up there right now, my top 10 starting pitchers for the fantasy baseball season in 2020. I've got Jacob deGrom at the top, Garrett Cole number two for me, Justin Verlander, who's now dealing with a groin injury. I guess we'll see what happens with that. I have him as my number three starting pitcher, Max Scherzer, old and hopefully reliable. He has been in the past, but last year dealt with a neck and back injury. Walker Bueller, someone I really want to talk to Matt Modica about because I know he's very high on Walker Bueller this upcoming season. I've got Shane Bieber at number six, another player I would like to talk to Matt about because he tweeted something very interesting before the show <laughs> earlier today. I've got Blake Snell at number seven. I've got Steven Strasburg at number eight, Jack Flaherty at nine, and Chris Sale, who is just so hard to figure out what to do with him this upcoming season, Matt, because the range of outcomes is just so wide. There's a lot of volatility with Chris Sale. It wouldn't surprise me if he finishes as the number one starting pitcher. It wouldn't surprise me if he's shut down by the middle of May and only gives you 10 starts this upcoming season. So I think that there's a very wide range of outcomes for Chris Sale, but that's basically just a, you know, a respect ranking for Chris Sale. I have him inside my top mm -hmm. 10 there. Uh, so Matt, do you have any qualms at the top? I mean, do you prefer Jacob DeGrom over Garrett Cole? Are you looking to grab one of these ace starting pitchers in the middle of the first round? Because personally, I have really liked the way my teams have turned out over at the NFBC in some of these 15-team leagues when I grab that Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom in the middle of the first round. Because frankly, Matt, I think that the hitter values that you're getting in round two or three are just phenomenal. You're talking about guys like J.D. Martinez and Bryce Harper and Javier Baez. These were guys that were first-round picks or borderline first-round picks the past few seasons. I don't mind starting my team with those guys as my hitters. And with that, I can grab one of DeGrom or Garrett Cole as my ace. Do you have any problem with those two at the top? And do you like grabbing them in that middle of the first round? Yeah, no, I've done that a couple of times so far. Uh, as the entry fees have gone up, I've pounded out the pitching in the first round. I would still take a top three pick in most uh, scenarios with uh, an Acuna Trout Yellick, uh, one of those guys. But I think you do. As you, you get such a good base where you're starting pitching in that first round. And for me, I agree. It sets up the board uh, really well going forward. And that's one of the things I think a lot of people need to do is – you know, forecast your foundation uh, for the first five rounds and stuff from where you're picking from. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And again, we're, we're talking about this mainly from a Roto perspective. I know Matt plays in a lot of 15-team leagues, but even in a 12-teamer, I think it's viable because, again, even in a format like that, if you draft a starting pitcher in the middle or late first round, there's going to be more hitters available than are usually in you know one of those deeper 15-team leagues. So you're going to be able to stack up some really nice hitters in those 12-team leagues as well in the second, third rounds, in those middle rounds. There's a lot of hitting this upcoming season that I like in that range, uh, and I don't have a problem taking a starting pitcher in the first round. Matt, someone who is starting to rise, someone I've noticed consistently going in the first round now, is Walker Bueller, and I know that you are a fan of the magical mound, as you like to call it, <laughs> out there in Los Angeles. And I believe you have Walker Bueller as your third starting pitcher off the board, ahead of a Justin Verlander, ahead of a Max Scherzer. And I highlighted this yesterday on the BFFs. Walker Bueller got off to a slow start last year because he didn't have a normal spring training. 
Remember, he pitched in the World Series in the 2018 season. He was talking about having a dead arm in spring training last year. But his final 19 starts, Matt, a 2.88 ERA, 3.08 xFIP, a 1.02 whip, almost 12 Ks per nine. I mean, Walker Bueller showed us last year he was already starting to take that next step. Is that ex- is that what you expect him to do as well? Is that why you have him as your SP3 over you know a few of the old reliable, the old guard in Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer? Yeah, no, I, I think he has arrived. Uh, he's got the pitch mix. Uh, maybe the secondary stuff needs to be uh, added a little more. You know, I, I just think this kid is ready. I'm drafting for 2020. I'm not drafting, you know, for 2019 and, and past that. Look, I don't have a problem with people going Verland or Scherzer. A healthy Scherzer last season, the first half, was putting up uh, phenomenal uh, stats. But when I look at it, what could go wrong for me? Verlander crushed it in the second half. I think he did get a little lucky in that first half. But, you know, 37 years old, 36 years old. I'm, you know, I'm an old guy myself, but I'm a little ageist, I guess. And I'm I'm banking on Bueller being that guy here. So, yeah, I'm going to take Bueller ahead of Verlander or Scherzer every time. Matty Mo, you're only... As old as you feel, and you know something I've consi- uh, continuously said here on Fantasy Sports Today and on the BFS, I don't mind grabbing some of these older starting pitchers because it seems like some of them are being a little bit disrespected. Uh, again, Verlander was mm-hmm. awesome again last year. We have to pay attention to this groin injury. Even someone like Zach Greinke, I understand why you wouldn't want to take him over, you know, a Noah Syndergaard potentially or an Aaron Nola, someone who might have upside and is younger than him. But Greinke, man, just continues to get it done. He was a top five starting pitcher in roto leagues last year. Now he's being drafted outside the top 20. So I don't really mind where he's going in that fifth, sixth round range as well. Let's continue to roll through the top 10 here. I mentioned the tweet that you had earlier today. You're not a believer in Shane Bieber this upcoming season. I have him as my sixth starting pitcher off the board. I will agree with one thing that you said in this tweet, and I'll read it out to everyone. I was a Bieber believer last year, but haven't drafted him this season. I don't understand how market has Bieber SP7 and Giolito SP14. I don't see the difference or track record with both in the same division. I previously had Bieber two spots ahead of Giolito, but now have moved Lucas Giolito ahead of Shane Bieber. I don't like the value on Bieber right now either. To me, I just think that he's safer than some of those other names that are going just behind him. Blake Snell has a lot of upside, but there's a lot of risk there as well. Same thing with Strasburg. Flaherty, monster second half, but is that going to be able to carry over those control gains that he had in the second half? Is that going to carry over this upcoming season into 2020? I do have some concern, and then obviously Chris Sale has some risk. I haven't drafted any Bieber. I'm probably not going to just because I think that that second round price tag is a little bit too rich. Is there anything else that you see in the profile with Shane Bieber that gives you pause? And why do you like someone like Lucas Giolito over Bieber this upcoming season? Well, I mean, first off, let me state, I still like uh, Shane Bieber. I think he's a really good pitcher. I would just prefer Giolito over it. I don't get that that difference, which early on is kind of stark. And the fact that Giolito now has Grandal, and Grandal has proved very profitable and positive for uh, starting pitchers. Look at the Brewers last year. Look at the Dodgers in the past. I know the Dodgers have Kershaw and all that. But, you know, that does make a difference there. Uh, a good catcher, a good framer adds the value to a pitcher. Uh, yeah, the thing with Bieber is I don't want to pay that price. If I had to take 
if I had to choose one to take in the late second round, I would take Giolito over Bieber straight up. Look, I get it. I mean, I get it. Uh, Blake Snell has some issues with, with innings pitched. But to me, if he gets you those 180 innings or so, he is basically the modern-day Chris Sale. He had, what, a 35% strikeout percentage the first two months of last year, and then it all spiraled out of control before getting shut down for a couple of months. So, uh, I mean, I think it's interesting. I I'm a, I don't want it to be I hate Bieber. I don't like Bieber's price, and I prefer Giolito over him. Yeah, I can agree with you on Bieber's price. I think that, you know, going in the second round, that is a big price tag to pay for Shane Bieber this upcoming season. Might be better off in a points league where he gives you those volume, uh, the volume of innings and has shown the ability to go deep into games as well. Just on Lucas Giolito real quick, that second half, don't be deceived by the 3.76 ERA. He had a 3.28 XFIP, a 106 whip. 12.6 Ks per nine. Uh, the command got was vastly improved last year for Giolito. Should be improved even more this year with someone like Grandal as his catcher, as Matt mentioned. A 29% K minus walk rate last year for Giolito. He really started to put it together and figure out. Let's not forget the prospect pedigree that Giolito has improved his mechanics, has that fastball changeup combination, which is absolutely deadly. I'm with you on Giolito, man. I like him a lot. I don't know if I could just take him straight up over Shane Bieber, but I do like Lucas Giolito a lot. He's just outside my top 10. All right, we come back. We'll continue to dive into the starting pitcher position here on Fantasy Sports Today, live on Sports Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Stanfield, joined by Matt Modica of The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at CTM Baseball. Craig Mish is out on assignment. He's covering the Cardinals and Marlins today. We're going to have some awesome interviews some from some Cardinals players later on in the week as well. Uh, Matt, I just want to give you the opportunity right now to kind of promote anything you've got going on over at The Athletic. I know you have your fantastic part one and part two of your starting pitcher preview. I know you've got a few podcasts going on over there as well. So uh, where can people find your work and uh, what else you got going on right now, Matt? Uh, thanks. Yeah, uh, we do a podcast every Monday, me and uh, Derek Van Riper. And uh, there's a couple of starting pitcher previews out there already. I broke down an online draft championship I did uh, about a week or so ago and dropping probably later tonight or tomorrow morning. I look at the ADP movers in the NFBC. Uh, I use the online championship and I broke it up over the first 25 and then the next 26 drafts. So you can see how players have moved, you know, because, I mean, ADP, I, I need to just stress this, you have to be using recent, current ADP. It gets stale awful quick. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, Matt, uh, because if you use the ADP from, you know, November 1st when things opened <laughs> up, obviously so much has changed since then. So I usually look at like a two-week span, but definitely looking forward to that article dropping with Matt Modica. Again, ADP movers, risers, and fallers. If you play over at the NFBC, if you're if you're competing in online championships, maybe if you're in the main event, if you're, a, if you're in a draft champions draft, it's definitely something that you're going to want to check out there from Matt Modica. All right, Matt, uh, I want to take this time as well right now to have a moment of silence, not only for Luis Severino, but for your Tout Wars draft and hold team where you drafted Luis Severino <laughs> in the fourth round. All right, we're back here on Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, Matt, how do you bounce back from something like that? I mean, you drafted Severino in the fourth round as your SP1, and obviously you hammered out some more starting pitching after that. You wound up getting Brandon Woodruff, Mike Soroka, and Max Fried. I know you're a big fan of Max Fried as well. We'll talk about him in a little bit. He's one of those helium arms right now in mm -hmm. fantasy baseball. So, you know, what was your takeaway from Severino? Are you interested in anybody else in the Yankees' rotation outside of Garrett Cole as a result of this? And just kind of talk about if people are doing a slow draft or a draft this early and they suffer an injury like that, you know, how do you cope with something like that? Well, I mean, first off, it's just difficult to bounce back from that. And you're probably going to have to, you know, focus more on that position to get more depth and try to correct it. Uh, I really liked Severino coming into the year. I had it. I mean, I'll say this. I'm happy that the only share I own is in Tout Wars Draft and Hold and not uh, NFBC because, you know, one has money, one does not. So that's a, that's a big difference maker for me. But I really liked Severino. Uh, I was just going with other guys ahead of him. I, and uh, I, I don't know, really. I mean, like in this draft, I had a gamble on a guy like Rich Hill later on. I'm hoping he'll, he'll come back in June and can be the pitcher we've seen when healthy. And as far as Yankee pitchers, I mean, I'm kind of out on Tanaka, depending upon, you know, I'm hearing he's changing the pitch mix a little, so I will pay attention to that. Jordan Montgomery would be the other guy I would look at. Uh, you know, I think he's got some positives there. And J.A. Happ. I'm staying away as well. So hopefully Paxton, I think you got some good news on Paxton. Sounds like he might be a little ahead of schedule. Maybe you get him, best case scenario, mid-March as opposed to, say, June or July. Yeah, I actually suffered a similar fate to you that with your Luis Severino pick. I drafted James Paxton, and it came out like an hour later that he was having surgery on his back. So that happened to me in real time, uh, literally an hour later after I drafted him, Matt. So I feel your pain when it comes to taking Luis Severino in the Tout Wars draft and hold. All right, I wanted to get into some of these helium-type arms. And again, when we say helium, these are guys that are starting to rise up draft boards. I like to call them hype guys as well. It's something that we've spoken about before on the Fantasy BFFs. And to me, there's a clear group of five pitchers here, Matt. Max Fried, Frankie Montas, Denelson Lamette, Zach Gallen, and Jesus Lazardo, who are just climbing up draft boards right now, mm -hmm. consistently going in the seventh, eighth round. Maybe sometimes they still fall to the ninth round of 15-team drafts right now over at the NFBC. I actually witnessed this last night, no joke, Matt, in a draft and hold in a draft champions at the NFBC. Jesus Lazardo went at pick 83. 
in the sixth round. That is a new min pick for wow. Hazel Lozardo. That happened in a draft that I was participating in last night. I understand you got to get your guys, but, Matt, this is happening even before we go live in March, and you know these guys are just going to continue to climb and climb. I remember last year Bieber started off in, like, the eighth, ninth round and then wound up going seven, and I think he even kind of settled in in the, in the sixth-round range in NFBC drafts last year. So, you know, how are you handling some of these helium guys, and who do you like most out of that group of Max Fried, Frankie Montas, Denelson Lamette, Zach Gallen, and Jesus Lazardo? Uh, let's start with the group. Uh, it's Freed. Gallon. I mean, on a purring basis, I just think Lozardo's going to be pretty damn good. And then maybe Montos Lamette. But I like Lamette a lot. It's just that, that two pitches does scare me. As you said with Lozardo, you take him at 83. And I hate the word value because you only get value if the guy produces. If the guy's a zero or a negative, that's not value. So... But taking him at 83, just to go back to last season, if he's going to be this year's Chris Paddock, let's say, Paddock had an average ADP of 165 in the NFBC main events. I took him, I think, as high as like 150-ish in that range, 152, something like that. And, you know, now taking somebody at 83 or even 100 that we really don't know the innings pitched to. I'm going to be honest. I don't care. They say they don't have a, they have a number in mind you know, they have, they have an idea. There's a plan for Lizardo. There's a plan for puck. So don't be fooled by that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that I can't do, but I really like Zach Allen a lot too. And as much as I love Max Fried, and if people hear that and they're like in a draft with me or in an auction, going to try and bid me up or take him. There, there's a price on every player. For me. There's going to come a point where, I'm going to say, you know what, you want to bid me a, a certain dollar amount, you're going to own them then. You know, I'm going to say, you know, it's not. I don't have to have every guy. I do enough drafts, so I, I, I can spread it out. And I have other guys. Like, I don't mind. I like Zach Gallen. I don't believe he's fighting for a rotation spot in Arizona. And he's got a really – there's a lot of things to like with him as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just – Touching on Lazardo here as well, Matt. I mean, last year he wound up pitching uh, 43 and a third, any uh, rather 55 innings pitched for Jesus Lazardo last year. I believe he pitched like three innings in the postseason, so 58 total innings for Jesus Lazardo. The year before, 109 and a third innings pitched, and then in 2017, 43 and a third. So you've got to be realistic when it comes to Jesus Lazardo. What are you realistically getting out of him? 120, 130, maybe if they're really aggressive, they push him to 150 innings. But even then, you're talking about a near 100-inning jump from last year to this upcoming season for Jesus, Jesus Lazardo. Uh, when it comes to me, the way I would rank it is, you know, I, I have all those guys, not all of them, I have... Uh, Max Freed, I have Gallant, and I have Frankie Montas inside my top 30 starting pitchers, and that's how I would rank those three. And then I have Denelson Lamette a little bit further behind, uh, and I have Jesus, Jesus Lazardo in a similar range as a top 40 starting pitcher. Uh, I'm just with you, man. I, I worry about the innings pitched and how many innings he's going to get this upcoming season. All right, Matt, I just kind of want to put a bow on the starting pitcher position. If you can just kind of lay out to everybody, you know, what your starting pitcher strategy is in 2020. I understand that every draft is going to play out differently and you kind of have to plan out your draft based on uh, your KDS and ultimately what draft slot you end up getting. But 
what is the general Matt Modica strategy for starting pitching this upcoming season? Do you want to grab one in the first two rounds? Do you have to have two of your top 20 starting pitchers? Is is there any late-round target that you're constantly getting? I see you with a lot of Marcus Stroman. If you could just put mm-hmm. a bow on the starting pitcher position this year, Matt, what would it be? Uh, I mean, in a 12-team league, I'm going to be a little more liberal because uh, the player pool will have more pitching, and I can stream you know, better better players, let's put it that, than a 15. But in the first round, you know, a – DeGrom, Cole, Bueller, those are guys I will draft in the first round. If I wait on pitching in a 15 team or even in a 12 and I don't get them those first couple of rounds, I'm going to start pounding. I'm going to move guys up my board. When we go live, I'll be honest with you, I really don't care what ADP says. I'm going to I'm going to draft off of my board, not off what, what the market says. I think there's players that could be exploited out there and, you know, when you put it when you're writing a check just, just go with yourself. If you've done the research, you know, use your uh, advice, use your work, not what somebody else is saying. That's just my opinion there. And yeah, look, and if I have that foundation, I'm more willing to wait. Maybe Jesus Lozardo was on my team. If I don't have that foundation, Jesus Lozardo is not on my team, and I need the Marcus Stroman types uh, of the world. I mean, Cole Hamels, I like, but not Cole Hamels is off my board. So you're going to have to find that. I want to take a shot later on on a couple of guys like Ronaldo Lopez or Dylan Bundy types. So, you know, having that base affords a lot more. I appreciate it as always. Again, follow him on Twitter. He is at CTM Baseball. It's Matt Modique. You can find his work over at The Athletic. He's got some podcasts dropping. He's got ADP risers and fallers coming out from the NFBC ADP as well. Matt, thanks so much for joining me as always. And remember, look, we have an open door. Whenever you want to come stroll into the FanDuel Sportsbook, you want to come in here, join me at this desk. We have a seat waiting for you, Matt. Thanks again. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right, coming up in hour two, we're going to continue to look at some starting pitchers. I want to take a look as well at who is pitching, who's on the mound today in terms of spring training, some lineup notes in terms of spring training as well. We'll have the Welsh coming up at 1245 to talk about starting pitcher prospects heading into the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Hour two of Fantasy Sports Today is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.